It's the Benz Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this so Sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are gonna sip it, yo Hard time scrolling for your long truths You might learn something you never know Collect you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind I got 21 sessions to go I got 21 sessions to go if you like me, let me know. When I'm in the studio, I got 21 straws before I got to go. Yeah. Did you see me drag your fave yet? Oh no. Did you see me drag your fave yet? Oh no. If you like me, let me know. When I'm in the studio, got 21 straws before I got to go. 21 seconds. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will I will stop reminding you that um the podcast is almost done. I'll stop that because I know some of you send me some messages, some really oof messages like, can you stop it? I know it's ending, Kalechi. Can you stop it? So I will. I'll stop it. But I couldn't pass up the chance to say I got 21 seconds to go. You know, I couldn't. Well, I said I got 21 sessions to go, which I do have. And then, well, this, yeah. You know what I mean. So... Anyway, it is me. It is me, Kalechi. It's Kalechi, me, Kalechi Okafor, um, chatting to you. And Pickle's here as well. If you can't see Pickle, say hi, Pickle. Pickle's not interested. So uh, Pickle will be here for a bit. He's been the best dog. So I've only got him for one more day. He's um, Mommy, my best friend, Lammy. She's taking him back tomorrow because she's finally gotten herself settled she's got a new place um and she's gonna take her dog back but it's been wonderful to have him like honestly I didn't think I could ever be a dog person I was saying to my brother the other day um you know I've got this I'm looking after a puppy and he was laughing he said you sis a whole puppy if, if anyone had told me that my sister would be looking after a puppy I'd have said nah you are lying my sister does not do pets but it's been such an amazing experience anyway yeah, anyway, you're listening to SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as what, what? Tell them, Pickle, what's it unofficially known as? Suck your mom. <laughs> yes, well done, Pickle. That was Pickle, that wasn't me. Yeah, well done, Pickle. Suck your mom, that's true. Um. So yeah, yeah, It's it's been wild. It's been wild and it's been an experience having Pickle. Um. It's made me go to the park a lot more. And I've always thought to myself, like, first of all, my hay fever, the way my hay fever's set up, I don't need to be rolling up in parks and doing them things there, which is wild because I like camping. I love camping, but I just don't like being in parks, especially when the weather's warm and you've got flying ants everywhere and bare people just looking pale and burnt, lying down on the grass. I don't have any interest to see all of that. But um, yeah, I used to think to myself, like, why would I be at the park? Am I a tree or is my name grass? Why am I there? But having pickle has meant that I've gone to the park more times in the week that I've had him than I've probably been in the last three years, you know? Um, but yeah, it's been wonderful. It's been wonderful. It's been wonderful having you pickle. You've been such a baby boy and I will definitely maybe consider, imagine that definitely maybe consider having a pet in the future. If he's as lovely as you, because you're such a babe, he's so intelligent and he's learned so much and he's warmed my heart somewhat. And Pets have a way of kind of like de-stressing you um, and taking you outside of yourself because you've got to like feed them, you know, look after them, be very perceptive um, to what they need. 
Um, so yeah, it's been it's been interesting. It's been an interesting time. Anyway, moving on. What else? So I was actually live tweeting um, this week at the ICA, the Institute of Contemporary Arts, for um, their kind of um, series of talks that they have or series of events that they have at the moment for hashtag fugitive feminism. And um, I was there to cover the talk given given by um, Akugo um, Emma Julu about um, towards a fugitive feminism. And it was incredible. Like my mind was completely blown. Like I was, I was typing at a breakneck speed because they logged me into their account and I was typing and saying, hi, it's Kolechnikov. And it was wonderful. It was, it was great. Um, But I learned so much. I learned so much about considering the ways in which we look at black womanhood and everything else. And I feel like I've really leveled up in my life. It's been wonderful. Anyway, Pickle will go now because I think he wants to go and do his own thing. He's feeling stressed. I feel like he's already thinking about straws that he wants to hand out to people. So I'll let him um, go and chill for a second. One sec. Off you go, Pickle. Lovely having you, Pickle. Thank you for your time. So, um, yeah, Pickle's gone. Anyway, back to things. So this week, if you haven't seen it yet, the Maltesers advert is finally out. So, you know, I couldn't say what the brand was, what I was doing, but it's a Maltesers advert. Yeah, yeah. It's a Maltesers advert. Maltesers have a new um, product called Maltesers Buttons. So they're basically like, you know, the Cadbury's chocolate buttons, but they've got the Maltesers um, malt kind of honeycomb kind of specs in them. That's probably a terrible description of Maltesers. It was probably like, bitch, what did you just say? But, um, you know, the Maltesers center, it's got that broken up into the button. And um, yeah, so I went to the audition and the, the, they were like, there, there are four different adverts. So I read for two of them. And this one's, this one happened to be the one that they were like, nah, you know, this one you do really, really well. And it was it was such a brilliant experience. It was really really cool to have booked that job, and it just kind of reminded me of what the, all of this is about: the poll studio, this podcast, social media. Everything is geared towards me, you know, making it in the acting industry, acting and directing, film industry, theatre industry. Like that's where I want to be, and all of these things they're enriching me. But my focus is always on that goal you know that I want to build something substantial and yeah some people might be like it was just a commercial well first of all shut your pussy you dickhead but um secondly everything comes together you know and I am happy to say that I've actually got a new agent so I've got a new um agent that deals with tv theater and film my previous agent only dealt with commercials and I was just tired of getting buoyed off by um all these other casting directors when it came to theatre and film and they were like, oh yeah, sorry, you know, you don't have an agent so we're not going to consider you for this role. So that was annoying. So it's, it's nice that now I have an agent and she's a black woman. She runs the um, agency with her partner, but it's a black woman and she's aware of the way that I tweet. She's aware of who I am and what I do online. So I don't feel like I have to shrink myself whereas other agents almost make it seem like it's an inconvenience that I've built the platform that I've built online. So yeah, you know, on onwards and upwards. So I hope that this is me getting one step closer to being in Black Panther 2 and hopefully playing the villain. I just want to play a villain. I just want to be like, I want to be so evil. 
So let's all put that in our prayers. I appreciate all of you that were like Maltese's advert today, Black Panther 2 tomorrow. Oh, you were guessing me. I was, I was so excited. I was like, yeah, <laughs> yes. So um, yeah, thanks. Anyway, moving on then, let's get into the bulk of our bits. Um, big up my patrons on Patreon. Um, I really appreciate you guys because every week more people join and you're just supporting me and everything's going up and up and up. And I don't have the stress about studio time because I can just record and do what I want because, you know, you guys are supporting the thing. So it's truly, truly wonderful. Um, oh, and another thing I didn't say is like, um, because the advert was done quite a while ago, if you remember, it was quite a way back that I did that Maltesers advert. They took ages to pay. But I'm glad because I one of the vows that I made to myself was that when they did pay, I was going to donate money um, to a cause and whatever. And I kept to that. So I, I feel proud of the fact that that is what I kept to. I said oh, 10% of whatever I'm um, paid will go towards just charity, just me giving it to others and helping them with whatever they're doing. So um, I just think it's important to do so because I kept getting the six of pentacles that card kept coming up and although the card was coming up more because it was like stop giving other people of your time and your energy try to use that um energy for yourself show yourself compassion you know we've covered this before on the podcast but i also think that the literal meaning of the card is charity and so i wanted to make sure that it was prominent um within what i was doing you know with whatever i received from doing the commercial so i just implore you all like if there is something that you really, really want and you really want to succeed at and you make that pact with yourself that should I get this thing, I'm going to donate this specific amount to something, to a cause. I think it really does help and it really does shift the the kind of energies around that thing and, and makes it more likely that you'll get it. It's my personal opinion. Anyways, the card that we pulled today from the Black Angel card is... Um, the moon child. This card is so striking. My God, it's just black. It's just a black card. And then there's the blue outline of eyes and a nose and moon and a star above the right eye, I would say above the right eye. And this is the moon child. Um, the moon child, let's see what it says. So for the moon child, it says you are clear in the moment. On your waking path, clarity. On your sleeping path, confusion. Moonchild, you are more than just a child who plays. Your clarity is so blunt and logical, it can shock people at times. You are a truthsayer. You can be so radically honest and forthright that others might think you are rude. You expose all shadows as you, Moonchild, are awake when others sleep. Emotionally and spiritually, you are awake. Therefore, you awaken others and shake them out of their stupors. You, Moonchild, come to us jumping up and down on our beds, disturbing the illusions of comfort. This sharp edge that you bring awakens and goes deep into the heart in both good and challenging ways. You are the light in the darkness. You dwell in simplicity, yet question the complexities of life. You will question that which has no answer. Your waking path is to illuminate the obvious. Your abundance of light and the dark leads us to the changes we seek in our lives. In particular, you are keenly aware of the wounding of your childhood and how it reflects in how we think and feel as adults. With your seeing eye, you help to clarify the confusion that arises when we feel the pain of our past that takes up residence in the present. You, Moonchild, understand how wounds shape our spiritual paths. You help us 
um, remove blame by pointing us back to our hearts and to the original experience of suffering, including the legacy of suffering from those who came before us. As a result of being the moon child, there are many emotional shadows around you. They can be from childhood, from family, or from ancestors. These shadows are unattended wounds, which can create a constant roller coaster of emotions in your life. With unattended wounds, your vision or insight is limited to the pain of your past rather than what emerges from the wisdom in your bones. This limitation can be frustrating as others try to get you to view other ways of seeing life. You are frequently moody. Rage and anger may arise when feeling neglected, ignored or unseen by others. Your pain may have embedded itself deep in your heart as your innocence was frequently bombarded with the realities of life. Your spirit tends to sleep when it is shutting out painful childhood experiences that arise in adult day-to-day -day interactions. You do not feel up to responding to the world. In essence, on the sleeping path, you are confused about what is going on around you as past experiences collide with present ones. Your spirit is reliving something ancient. Moonchild, it is time to integrate the lessons of the past with present day living. Those wounds have not taken away the innocence in which your heart dwells in the open discovery of life. What is hurting you? What response did you have when you were hurt as a child? Are you responding much in the same way as an adult? How did you feel most times as a child? Do you feel the same today? These questions are to help illuminate your true nature and the nature of the wounds. The clarity you possess, Moonchild, can propel you into reconciling the child with the adult. A child's clarity is the purest of knowing, and you are unique in having preserved such a quality throughout your life. I remember reading that when I pulled the card for today and I felt so teary because I was just like, stop fucking dragging me. Stop dragging me. Ugh. Yeah. So I feel such resonance with the moon child. You know, sometimes I read some of the um, descriptions from, from the card deck and I'm like, nah, that's not really me, but I see where it's coming from. The moon child one speaks to, my, speaks to me so much. Like, ugh. Uh, yeah. It, it just speaks to me so much because... It is that when people describe me, sometimes they say, oh, I didn't know that you were, you know, going to be 32 or, you know, I didn't know that you were 31 years old because you come across as so like childlike, not so much childish, but there's a childlike um, spirit to you. And that's really interesting that is said because, you know, what are the main things that I'm working through in therapy is reconnecting with that child because, you know, I, due to abuse and everything else, I try to kind of like, I only ever viewed that child as weak and fragile and incapable of protecting itself when actually our inner children are the driving force. That's the engine that makes us move as humans. So if you disassociate yourself from your inner child, you're not going anywhere, fam, because the engine is not what? It's not fucking running. So therefore you have to, you have to nurture that inner child. You have to service that inner child in order for you to be the person that you want to be, in order for you to move towards the goals that you have for yourself. And it's interesting that we talk about moving towards goals and the idea of movement because the card that we pulled from the Rider weight deck, so that's the um, traditional card deck, is the chariot. The chariot is a major arcana card and you've got a man in a chariot in an enclosed space and we've got this like the black, I want to say lion and the white lion in front of him, like um, kind of Egyptian type of images. Um, and it's interesting because we don't see the feet. We don't see the feet. So because we don't see the feet 
in this um, image, I always think about the fact that the movement that's required of us is internal. The the, the traveling, the journey that we need to make is an internal one as, um, as opposed to an external one. And it's just interesting, like knowing that, that the chariot signifies movement. So for some people, you're about to travel somewhere not because it's summer holidays, like not one of them bait ones. No, but usually you're traveling for work and the travel that you'll go to based on said work is going to be what opens up the doors to major things in your career and helps you move forward in a major, major way. So I'm praying for all of you that that might be the case, that you're traveling um, and it's relating to something to do with your career because this is the point where you're about to take that. You're literally about to level up. No, Sierra, level up, level up, level up. Hey level up yeah so um you're about to level up and it involves travel so be prepared and no one's saying that the travel is going to be comfortable the reason i say that the travel won't be comfortable is because the bottom of the deck the card that's at the bottom of the deck that we're going to dis uh, dis uh, discuss in the extra content is the tower and the tower is always about you know um, discomfort and, and uprooting of um, structures in your life that you need to get rid of and you are obviously reluctant to get rid of them whether they're internal or external they need to go whether that be a job whether that be a person they need to go and they're going to get dragged from you viciously because you are not doing the work to let them go um, so we're going to discuss that anyway we'll discuss that more um, in the extra content but yeah, the chariot is just really saying that it's time to move. It's time to it's time to start doing things. It's time to go forward and it won't be comfortable, but you are ready now for the next stage of your life. You're ready to do big things and explore more, you know, explore more. And in terms of relationships, some of you, you're hitting a rough patch and that's okay. That's okay. Just because you're hitting a rough patch doesn't mean the whole thing done. It just means that, you know, it's rough at the moment, but you will see it through. It's about that travel. It might be a relationship with yourself. You're hitting a rough patch. And I definitely feel that energy for me in that I'm doing so much, like in terms of opportunities, so many things are coming my way that I wouldn't have expected that people would want me to do. And I'm like, yeah, cool. This is great. But within that brings up more self-doubt, like, oh, why me? That whole imposter syndrome, really. Um, why me? I, am I sure I can do it? You know, or maybe, you know, I'm not going to get it right. All of these things. And it's just really speaking to myself and speaking to that inner child and being like, fam, calm the fuck down. Like you can do this. This is for you. You are blessed. Like this is why this has been brought to you. What's yours will never pass you by. So that's interesting that we say what's yours will never pa pass you by. And then when something is now yours and it's in front of you, you're like, oh my God, no. Oh God, what do I do? Oh, oh, use it. Just use it. That's what it's there for. Use it. But chariot is definitely signifying travel, 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 you know, movement, going from one stage of your life to another or literally leaving this country or wherever country you are to go to another, to go to another place, another city, because it's linked to where you go next within your life and your career It's very much linked. So let's do the work of the moon child. If it speaks to you as well, doing that work um, and open yourself up again considering that, you know, you know what? I was scarred as a child. I w or, you know, some things did happen in my childhood that I, that I need to grow through um, and, you know, learn from, accept and go forward. It is what it is. So yeah, as I said, we'll discuss in the extra content 
about um, the tower card because I think it's really, really significant that the tower card came up with it because it is saying that it's not going to be Kushti. It is not going to be Kushti. So just be prepared. Um, some of you might already be on that journey now. Some of you might have already traveled now and you're finding it really uncomfortable, but you need to be where you are. You do need to be there. And that's why you're there. Anyway, moving on then to share your magnificence. My Show Your Magnificence this week, as I've already mentioned her already, is Akwugo Emajulu. She's the professor of sociology at the University of Warwick. And she was the um, she was the one that gave the talk at the ICA event, the Institute of Contemporary Arts event, um, towards a, f- um, a fugitive feminism. So some of you are like, Ra, what's, what's that? Like, what's the fugitive feminism? Basically, uh, Akugo blew my fucking mind Like she blew my mind out of the water Because she gave me She presented a concept to us as the audience That I had never considered before And she was very, very, um, you know Very determined in stressing That it's not a new concept It's not a new concept Just because you haven't really explored it Doesn't make it new And she said It's impossible for black women Generally to fit into womanhood because womanhood has never included us. So all this, you know, week on week, I come here and I speak about blackness and I speak about the ways that we are left out of narratives and things like that. And she put forward that fam, the reason you're left out is because it was never meant for you. So rather than trying to chuck your head into a system that was never built for you, why don't you think about how you can exist outside of that system? We as black women, and we've seen it happen with Samira on Love Island, even though I wasn't watching it, but this idea of desirability and all of these things, that it seems that white women have the monopoly on or women that have a closer proximity to um, whiteness have a monopoly on why are black women stressing themselves out trying to garner the same things trying to um, kind of contort themselves to fit into the same desirability politics when it will never fit us because we were never considered human in the first place to fit into it you can't fit into the desirability politics of womanhood if you were never historically considered to be a woman you were considered it you know, we weren't even con- um, considered fully human, you know. So with that being said, you being considered as an it. Therefore, how can you possibly now be accepted into something that was made for people who were already considered human? And we, she, um, Akuga gave us examples about the fact that look at how Theresa May and Diane Abbott were treated in, are treated in the media. It was reported that Diane Abbott received the worst kind of, hate mail and everything out of all MPs, not even just female male, out of all MPs, she received the worst, most violent mail and, and, and tweets and everything. She received the worst yet people almost tried to justify it. And no white woman was open, um, opening up their mouth to like support her and be like, oh my God, this is a travesty. This is disgusting. Everyone put, simply just brushed under the carpet or they went, oh, let's look at the other white women. Yeah, let's not look at the person that's getting the most abuse. Let's look at the other people that we can sit, um, sim- um, sympathize with because obviously they aren't black. They're not a black woman. So we can sympathize or we can empathize with them. There is no empathy for black womanhood. There isn't. And that's why Malcolm X talks about the fact that black women are the least protected in um, society. And I'll go even further and say black trans women, you know, um, are the least protected in society. And that is because black women's bodies have historically been the sites of violence. If, you, if you're not considered human, people can continue to inflict violence upon you because you are a subject, you know, and it's okay to inflict pain on this thing because it's not human. It's all right. But 
Theresa May can move wild. She can call a snap election that my girl didn't have. The, she did not have the pussy juice to see through. She did not have the backbone to see through this um, snap election. She thought she had the mandem on lock and it was going to go the way she wanted it to go. Unbeknownst to her, everything flipped upside down. She was not ready. Literally, the whole campaign, the whole election started dancing on its head top. She was not prepared. But a white woman can wreak havoc. In our society, Margaret Thatcher, the same thing. These people can wreak havoc. And yet another white woman will come along and, we, and will say to us, oh my God, but think of her womanhood. Let's stop being mean to her. Oh, you know, think of her womanhood. Why? So we should think about her womanhood, but a black woman that's receiving hate mail that people want to kill her and burn her and everything there. We don't have the same vim. We don't have the same energy for her. To me, that's just fucking wild. It's it's extremely wild. And I'd never considered the reality of, you know, what what do we do? What what how how do we as black women, and I would even put it as further and say black men as well, why are we trying to chuck our head to fit into desirability politics that are created on constructs that were never hi historically meant to include us? Why don't we exist then and create a new a new phase, a new world for ourselves where we define our own desirability based on who we are. And that is not to go all the time, black girl magic. Oh my God, melanin popping. Oh my God. No, no, no. Put that to the side. Put all of that to the side and that, that kind of fake, not fake, but that kind of faux um, upliftment that people are monetizing and, and really going wild with on social media. Let's look like genuinely speaking, like, how do we create a world where we dictate our own desirability and we do not do it with whiteness as the proximal narrative? We don't. We just put it to the side completely and do our own thing. But at the same time, Akugo also said that even though we're moving out of that idea of feminism in that we're not, we're not trying to be there because we know it's a white woman's thing and they don't want to share we still shouldn't wholly leave because they shouldn't be allowed. They shouldn't be allowed that power to just have the whole thing to themselves. So even though we're creating this whole new thing, they shouldn't be allowed to have just that thing to themselves. And so someone said to Akwigo, well, isn't that what womanism is then? You know, we, and, you know, someone said lavender is to purple as womanism is to feminism or something, something. And um, Akwigo said, well, she finds, first of all, she finds Alice Walker very problematic. So I was just like, rah, I love when academics like, draw out other academics i'm like oh my god popcorn where is it i'm getting my life but she taught me a lot even in that even what in what she had to say then but she said again it's still working in proximity to what um whiteness is and white mainstream feminism is we just need to exist almost as fugitives not fugitives that were criminals and were running from the state but as a collective that refused to be defined by the state so that's why she's my show, Your Magnificence, because you can hear how like how much she influenced me and inspired me. And, um, you know, I said for a while that my, my master's, when I start my master's, my master's are going to be in post-colonial studies. But actually, after going to her talk, and it just made me really like think about my life over the past couple of years and think about the fact that as, as much as I really enjoy learning about post-colonial um kind of theories and ideologies and things like that and concepts and you know and events 
I really do want to focus on black women. I really do want to focus on how um, we as black women move forward and away. We move forward and away into a, almost an apocalyptic state where none of this matters. None of this. We're not trying to fit into what this is. We we need to free ourselves of it. And, you know, she speaks about activism as well and says, you know, there are different ways to do activism, which is what I said last fucking week as well. We don't all have to be out there protesting, protesting, especially when we know that our our, um, our bodies invite violence from these people, from the state. Is there another way? Yes, it's in the everyday things that we do in our communities at a grassroots level. Like, what are you doing within your community to move it forward? And she gave the example of a woman who, um, or an organization that um, they throw baby showers for single mothers. Um, and even that, that's changing the narrative. That's changing the stigma around single mothers. So therefore we are making changes that benefit us as a community. So, oh, no, I'm Aquigo, I just love you so much. I, I love you so much. Thank you for like opening me up to another stage of my learning. Maybe that's what the chariot signifies for me. I've, I definitely feel like now it's like a whole new world has opened up to me and I need to explore more. I need to learn more. Um, while we were there, obviously, she as she was putting forward these um, these ideas and these reflections, obviously it goes to Q&A. And if you know me, you know that I fucking hate Q&A sessions because people, first of all, most people don't even ask questions. They pick up the mic to make statements. And the ones who do ask questions, I'm like, fam, were you listening to the fucking talk at all? Like the, 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 the answer that you want was in, it was in the whole event. Like, uh-uh, why do you want to take last? Why do you want to take class in this class? What's wrong with you? Ah, what is wrong? Did you not eat your Weetabix? What is wrong with you? So a white woman jumps on the mic during Q&A and she's like, Hi, um, so thank you for doing this talk. I'm really enjoying it. Um, so I just have a few questions because I guess, well, what I'm struggling with is, um, well, I didn't quite know how to put it, but, you know, you speak of liminality and, um, you know, black women existing, um, you know, within the liminality. And I just wonder, I guess the questions are why, you know, how long will they last within that? How long can one last being outside of the narrative? And what does that mean for allyship? And what does that mean for this? And what does that mean for that? And I just thought... This is why I don't like you girls being at events because all you care about is you. Upon all the things that Professor Akugo Emajulu has told us, your own concern is, oh, but you're leaving me out. I'm a white woman and I need to be the center of everything. Oh, oh, oh God. Oh, God. The entire earth is shifting. Oh, shut up. Not every day. Not everything is about you. Calm down. Sit down, Sally. Sit down. Because essentially what she was saying was, I don't think that this is um, a feasible, um, you know, it's, it's, I don't think that this is a feasible way of going about things or this is a feasible ideology or a feasible kind of action because it leaves me out. How long are you going to survive without having me as the centre of your world? And I love that Akugo said, fam, We've already been on the outskirts for centuries. All we're asking now is for more women to realize, more black women to realize that this is where we've always been. So why don't we build a home here? You know, so for, to your question, 
yeah, we've already been existing without you for centuries. You're the one that couldn't exist without us because fam, who was nursing your children? Who was tilling the ground? Who was doing everything? Who was sewing your clothes? Who was doing literally everything? You could never. You could never. Your Queen Victoria could fucking never. None of you girls could. So you don't have the juice. You don't have the sauce. Sit down and stop asking dumb questions. Thank you so much. So just know that when I finally do sort out this live show and whenever I do my own thing, if you, if I, if there is a Q&A session and you ask me something that's wild, as God is my witness, I will tell you to sit down. I will tell you to sit down. Or I say, Excuse me, does anyone have the answer to this? Because I'm sure we already covered it and we'll, sh we'll show you that you are not a serious person. So yes, that is it for Share Your Magnificence. Moving on to So You Mad. So You Mad this week. Well, well, the president of Paramount TV has been fired. She's been fired. I think her name is Amy Powell. She's been fired because she decided to do a madness within her position. So I'll just read you a bit from The Hollywood Reporter. So um, five years after being tapped to lead the newly relaunched Paramount television banner, Amy Powell is out. The news was announced Thursday via an internal memo from Paramount CEO Jim Giannopoulos, who, in which he outlined multiple individuals who raised concerns around comments made by the executive in a professional setting, which they believed were inconsistent with Viacom's values. According to sources, the comments included racially charged language. Sources say the inciting incident occurred during a studio notes call for Paramount's Net uh, Paramount Network's First Wives Club reboot, which is being penned by Girls Trip co-writer Tracy Oliver and will feature a predominantly black cast. Powell, who is said to have been a favorite of Viacom CEO Bob Bakish, um, or Bakish, um, allegedly made generalizations about black women that struck some on the call as offensive. A complaint was filed to human resources, who, with the legal department, investigated the claims and those involved on the notes call. Sources say Paramount considered discipline, but decided to fire Powell after she denied the allegations. So there are several things that are happening there that I want to discuss with you all. First of all, this is not the first person. This is not the first white person in the last few weeks to get fired by a major broadcasting network because they decided to use um, slurs and shit against black people. And I'm glad that you're all losing your fucking jobs because you need to what? Get yourself the fuck together. Get yourselves together because you're all too bright and you're too fucking feisty. Yeah. So Amy Powell, even though you're not my straw of the week, I, I, I need you to via calm suck your mom that's what i need you to do because you're a rude you're a rude rude prick why you're upset just like the woman i just Im imitated that was at um the um towards a future feminism talk just like that person i just imitated again you're mad because oh my god they want to do a first wives club or whatever And they want the cast to be predominantly black Oh my god, what will I do? I will have no shows to watch Because there aren't millions of shows Censoring white women Oh my god, what am I gonna do? No So this one show that wanted to censor black women Upset you so much that you started using Generalizations about black women And I can only imagine what generalizations These were 
I also have an issue, an issue with the fact that Viacom fired her or the um, the HR department fired her, not because of what she said, because listen, they said that they were they were they were looking to discipline her, but they had to fire her because she denied the allegations. So it, imagine the the caucasity that you were on a conference call where bare man heard you say these statements. They heard you say it. They heard you say it. Yet you still have the caucasious nature to be like, no, that's not what I said. That's not true. So they were firing her for lying that she didn't say it. They weren't firing her over what she said. And this is my problem with whiteness in that people can get away with saying the wildest shit about black people, especially when they're white, because, you know, it is what it is. But all that caught her this time was just because she lied. That was it, really, because she lied. And I have an issue. And as I was pointing out on Twitter, I have an issue with the terms racially charged and racially tinged. This is how they kept referring to what she said. You're using extra words when you could just say racist. Racist is so much shorter than racially charged and racially tinged. But you, what? This is the word racist. This is white people. Hey, 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 hey. Why are you doing all the gymnastics to avoid using the word? Why? Same way we can't call white men who incite terror. We can't call them terrorists because we only save that word for brown people. Most especially, we only save those word, that word for Muslims. And that's not fair. That's not fair. She's the racist. Whatever she said that was so bad that she needed to get fired, like fam... They didn't even suspend her class. They fired her. She's the president of the fucking company and they fired her. You, you must have said some bits. You must have been very upset that they were going to have a show that, oh my God, shock horror would focus on black women. Wow. And so this is ultimately why um, people like, you know, academics like Akugo Emajulu are, are imploring us to move away from these kind of conversations and situations with whiteness and most especially white women because they don't want us there. They don't really want us in the narrative unless we are there to exercise free labor. And you will not keep getting shit from me for free. That's not going to happen. Not anymore. Not on my watch. And like I said, she wasn't, she isn't the first person to get fired. And I just don't understand why we have to say racially charged and racially tinged. Racially tinged, is it a fucking colour on the wall? Oh my God, welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Grand Designs. Today, I'm going to take you to this home that we have designed and we have painted the walls in a racial tinge and it's beautiful and it really catches the light. And with the opening of the windows, we get a brilliant sunlight through that makes the room look racially charged. It's so beautiful beautiful fuck you fuck you fuck you really ah just ridiculous anyway like i said she wasn't the first person to get fired because the netflix pr chief got fired after saying the n-word in a meeting so you're the, you're the one that literally deals with pr you're the you're the wait fam you're literally no 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 i'm upset you're the one that deals with public relations and you got fired because you didn't know how to behave yourself in your own meetings so netflix has fired its top communications executive after he used the n word in a meeting with other netflix staffers um, Netflix employees reported that Jonathan Friedland made insensitive remarks to his team. Netflix CEO Reed Hastings sent a company-wide email explaining Friedland's firing Friday afternoon. Friedland had, pardon me, had been at Netflix for six years, joining in February um, 2011. 
as um, vice president of global corporate communications. Friedland confirmed his exit um, and he said, I'm leaving Netflix after seven years. You're not leaving, bitch. You got fired. Ha <laughs> ha. Anyways, um, Leaders have to be beyond reproach in the example we set. And unfortunately, I fell short of that standard when I was insensitive in speaking to my team about words that offend in comedy. I feel awful about the distress this lapse caused to people at my company. What do you mean lapse? Do you, how do you people lapse? Like, this is why I say racism must be an addiction because for you to lapse, I mean, did you fall off the wagon? I don't, I don't understand. A lapse, did you... Did you fall asleep? Did you start daydreaming? Imagine I'm just talking about something and I'm like, wow, this chicken Caesar salad is wonderful. Nigger, 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 nigger. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I just had a lapse. Um, I don't know. <coughs> Excuse me. It must have been the, um, I don't know, the dressing that they put on that chicken, chicken Caesar salad. It really caught me off guard. It, whew, it really kind of just brought out the nigger in my throat. Oh God, I'm so sorry. Is that a lapse? I, I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't understand it. Because again, when people say things like laps and things like that, I just feel like it lacks accountability. Like you're saying that, oh my God, I'm such a lovely person. And I don't know, the words just flew out of my mouth like a little birdie, a birdie of racism. Kuro, 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 nigger. Kuro, 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 nigger. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with you. Anyway, he said, um, uh, I love... Um, um, I feel awful about the distress this lapse caused to people at a company I love and where I want everyone to feel included and appreciated. I feel honored to have built a brilliant and diverse global team and to have been part of this collective adventure in building the world's leading entertainment service. He tweeted the same statement, adding in a since deleted tweet, thanks, rise high, fall fast, all on a couple of words. And that, my friends, confirms that this motherfucker does not feel guilty about what he says because to him, it's just a couple couple of words oh gosh people are so sensitive just a couple of words well bitch you said it those couple of words came out of your mouth and you know what now you ha you're out of a couple of jobs you dumb prick haha <laughs> good for you and so i just want us on a global scale with all of our collective global energy I want us to keep this energy for people to keep getting fired when they move mad because when they move mad, we move expensive. That's what I got from um, Big Yems, Big Yemo, Yems, Big Yems on Twitter. We follow each other, Yemi. Um, when people move mad, let's move expensive because, and by expensive, I mean that I want all of your coins. Yeah, for what you just said there, I want all of your coins because you tried it. Yeah, you tried it. So give the money over. Now, 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 now. Fast, 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 fast. Quick, before I, before I open my eyes, the money must be in my hand. Yes, that's what we need to start doing now. Move mad, I move expensive. Yeah, wagwan, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it this week for So You Mad because people are really out here, out here doing the wildest things and thinking that because of their positions in the company, people are just going to take it lying down. No, we have to be subversive about it. And I like the fact that the, the staff... Went to HR and they were like, oh, two-hoo, And they called, they gathered and they dealt with the thing. So now you all keep getting fired until you learn how to speak about black people in a manner that we deserve. Thanks so much. Anyway, moving on to straw of the week, AKA suck your mom. Suck your mom. I'm going to do that again. And now moving on to straw of the week, AKA suck your mom. Um, 
Moving on, my straw of the week uh, goes out to Cliff Richard. I'm not calling him sir because he's no sir to me. Um, my straw of the week goes out to him because he's he's a waste man. I think like that's the literally the best way to put it. Cliff Richard is a waste man. So if you don't know who Cliff Richard is, I don't blame you because he's a has-been pop star from like the 50s and 60s. He was like before, like the bulk of his success as fleeting as it was, was before the Beatles came along. And um, he never really broke America. He did all right in Canada. His success has pretty much just been in um, England. I don't like him because he was born. I mean, people can't help where they're born, but I think that, that, that you know, also infers something about your psyche as you grow up. He was born in British India. So he was born during the 1940s when... Um, India was still colonized by Britain. So you can imagine his views on people. He's now um, a citizen of Barbados, I think, and he wants to live there all of the time, maybe because he gets to get away with shit. I don't know. Anyway, he um, recently won a court case um, against the BBC because the BBC pu um, published or, you know, um, um, broadcast a news story about him um, during the whole Jimmy Savile fiasco. So I'm just going to read you a bit about it. Um, in August 2014, in response to a complaint to the Metropolitan Police's Operation U-Tree, set up in the wake of Jimmy, uh, the Jimmy Savile scandal, um, Cliff Richard's apartment in Berkshire was searched, but there were no arrests. He strongly denied the allegations. The BBC was criticised for his coverage of the search. The former director of public, public prosecutions, Lord MacDonald and, um, River of Riverglaven, QC, criticized the police force for its completely disreputable conduct and said its actions could make the warrant unlawful. Richard pulled out of a visit to the US Open Tennis Championships, turned down the freedom of his adopted Portuguese home city of Al um, Albufera and cancelled a scheduled appearance at Coventry Cathedral because he did not want the event to be overshadowed by this false allegation. He subsequently returned to the UK and voluntarily met with and was interviewed by members of the South Yorkshire Police. He was never arrested or criminally charged. Subsequently, David Com um, Crompton, Chief Constable of South Yorkshire Police um, said he was never um, was criticised for his interactions with the BBC and publicly apologised to Richard. In February 2015, South Yorkshire Police announced that the inquiry into the alleged offences had increased and would be continuing. Richard subsequently released a statement maintaining that the allegations were absurd and untrue. The development came a day after an independent report had concluded that South Yorkshire Police had interfered with the star's privacy by telling the BBC about the August 2014 raid. The BBC's tip-off regarding the search and uh, reportedly came from within Operation U-Tree, although Crompton said he could not be certain that the leak originated from there. Um, in May 2016, South Yorkshire Police sent a file of evidence to the Crown Prosecution Service. The following month, the CPS announced that after reviewing evidence relating to claims of non-recent sexual offences dating between 1958 and 1983, please think about the mathematics of what was just said. They said... Evidence relating to claims of non-recent sexual offences dating between 1958 and 1983 made by four men um, that there was insufficient evidence to charge Richard with an offence and that no further action would be taken against him. Um, Richard said he was obviously thrilled that the vile accusations and the resulting investigation had finally been brought to, uh, to a close. 
But he said his naming by the media, despite not being charged, meant he had been hung out like live bait. And I fucking hate when sexual predators uh, like liken whatever discomfort that they felt in the media to lynching because that's what he's essentially saying that he feels like same way R. Kelly said it same way Bill Cosby said it even Kanye West said it even though I don't know him to be a sexual predator but whenever they say something wild and they're attacked for it rightly so they'll go oh my god it feels like I'm being lynched shut the fuck up because you don't know what it feels like to be lynched shut up so anyway he said um South Yorkshire police later apologized wholeheartedly to Richard after his investigation into the singer was dropped on the 16th of June, 2016. Richard commented, my, reput my reputation will not be fully vindicated because the CPS's policy is to only say something general about there being insufficient evidence. How can there be evidence for something that never took place? It was subsequently reported that during the 22, um, whatever, I've, I think I've cut something out. That anyway, he received the sum of money on 20, um, 21st of June 2016, the BBC apologised publicly to Richard for causing distress after the controversial broadcast. On 27th of September 2016, the Crown Prosecution Service announced that the decision not to prosecute Richard over claims of historical sex offences had been upheld. The CPS reviewed the evidence following applications by two of his accusers and concluded that the decision not to charge Richard was correct. In October 2016, it was reported that Richard was suing the BBC and South Yorkshire Police. Legal papers were filed at the High Court in London on the 6th of October 2016. South Yorkshire Police later agreed to pay Richard 400000 after setting and settling a claim he brought against the force. Um, on 12th of April 2018, the case against the BBC opened in the High Court. It was reported that Richard was seeking very substantial damages. On the 13th of April, Richard gave evidence for more than an hour describing... Um, the television coverage as shocking and upsetting. His written statement was made available online by his lawyers, Simpkins, LLB, or whatever they're called. On 18th of July, Richard won his high court case against the BBC and was awarded £210,000 in damages. Now, I'm upset because clearly within the body of that, we see that First of all, you did, you did, you did touch people up and you did do things that you weren't meant to do to them between what, 1958 and 1983? Or did they still, or maybe I've mixed the numbers up. So you did do that. Four people came forward. When they heard that you weren't going to be charged, two more people came forward or two people came forward again and was like, no, 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 you must charge this man. But because they're saying that it was historical, oh, therefore it's okay. Because you historically violated people, that's okay. This guy has the goal and the caucasity to go on TV. I think he was speaking with ITV and he said the following. This is from um, Cliff Richard himself that needs to find a cliff. Anyway, he said, I'd rather 10 guilty people get away with, um, get away with it than one innocent person suffer. I mean, am I the only one that sees a problem with that? He's speaking like a fucking predator. He's speaking like a predator because if you weren't a sexual predator, you'd be able to say, you know what? I see I'm very outraged by the accusations that were put um, placed against me, but I understand that the system is just trying to protect people. Unfortunately, rare, 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 rare. Even if you were a predator, you could drop it in that way where people will be like, you know what? I'm not quite sure that he did it. But the way he said that he would rather 10, 10 predators get away with it than one person suffer. What kind of mathematics? 
mathematics? What kind of arithmetic? What kind of fucking ratio? I, so you would rather 10 sexual predators, people who have ruined other people's lives and scarred them for permanently, that they get away with it just because your ass didn't want to be, you know, accused. And that's how I know that you did do it. Whatever they said that you did within those years, those um almost 30 years, I know that you did do it. And I know that you're nasty and you're dirty and you're vile. And because they wouldn't have come to you for no reason. And it would and the way that the police work, they wouldn't have had such vim to keep coming at you if you didn't do something. But the way that white supremacist patriarchy is set up in this world and the way that this country seems to love protecting pedophiles or just people who who just like to be deviant and 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 sexually violate other people the way that because obviously it's linked to the Jimmy Savile case which is why I'm thinking it was young boys it was young boys yeah the way that this country likes to protect them is actually mad it's actually actually mad and so I don't think that it proves anything that the South Yorkshire police had to pay him £400,000 because he's obviously got money for big boy lawyers and he'll move everything round. You don't know which way he's up and he'll get away with shit. So Cliff Richard, you deserve the straw of the week because you're a useless boy, a useless man rather, useless old man, useless dirty crusty man. Silent night That's what you want You want for these people to be silent I'll never sing that song again Because you're you're, ugh, you're vile And you I don't care where your mum may be If she's under the ground If she's if she's in a, um, in a vase Because they've cremated her Find her and use the straw to suck her dry Yeah that's what I want Because I, I, I find it highly problematic That we continue to let men That have shown themselves to be predators Roam free And just because You weren't charged for it Doesn't mean we don't know The truth ho uh, Yes So that's it for this week Another episode Of SYM done SYM Officially known as Say your mind And unofficially known as What what that's right Suck your mum So in the extra content We'll be talking about The tower card That came up with um, You know the chariot In the tarot and we'll also be speaking about Michelle Williams of Destiny's Child Checking herself into um, a mental health facility um, because of her depression And I just want to explore really As someone who used to make jokes about Michelle I just want to explore what it, you know, just the things around it And how horrible you actually feel Realising that, you know, you're exacerbating someone's um, mental illness by things that you think are just banter So we'll be talking about that in the extra content If you want to watch the extra content It's going to be on patreon.com forward slash Kelechi Okafor Big up all my patrons Two slaps on your chest Two slaps on everybody's chest Because you stuck with it this week You stayed with me And we really we really got there in the end um, So I've been Kelechi Okafor This has been SYM And if you want to follow me Follow me on at Say Your Mind Pod If you want to follow Akugo Emajulu The professor of sociology At Warwick University That basically opened me up To a new way of thinking And a new way of living um, I'll put her at In the captions as well And you can follow her Um, Big up Brent Who every week makes this podcast Sound amazing I always put him in the captions But also just big him up generally And yeah that's it I'll catch you like uh, Catch you lot in the extra content If not I'll see you next week Peace. It's the Ben's Punani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Baby sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are gonna sip it Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Could let you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind